Hello and welcome to Tech Latest by Nikkei Asia, where we bring you the freshest updates from the technology sector in Asia. Every episode, one of our reporters from the region will be filling us in on the tech news on their radar, from semiconductors in China to space travel in Japan to startups in Indonesia. From Nikkei Asia's Tokyo headquarters, I'm Alice French. In this episode, I'm chatting with Sissi Zhao, our senior business news correspondent from Hong Kong, for the latest on two of Asia's biggest smartphone giants, Huawei and Samsung. Hi, Sissy. Thanks so much for coming on today. Hi, Alice. Thanks for having me today. So this week's episode is dedicated to a gadget that most of us use every day and probably for more hours than we care to admit, the smartphone. First, I'm hoping that you'll give us the lowdown on Chinese maker Huawei's latest development. They released their new Mate 60 Pro model in China last week, and it could symbolize a huge breakthrough for the company, right? So um, I would like to introduce the story about Mate 60 Pro by our colleagues Annie and Lolly. As you know, in the past, Huawei would always host big press events for the launch of its latest flagship smartphones, but this time, There was no announcement, no fanfare, just nothing, complete silence. That is very abnormal for a company like Huawei. Huawei's move triggered a lot of hype and speculations uh, on the internet. Because Huawei didn't provide any details on the specifications, tech reviews by Chinese bloggers showed that the phone is Huawei's first 5G handset with its own chips. It comes with a Kirin mobile chipset developed by Huawei and can support 5G connectivity and satellite phone calls. Huawei also developed its own Wi-Fi, Bluetooth and power management uh, chips for the device. So I think that is a quite big deal for Huawei because it means a significant milestone for the company, uh, particularly after the US cut Huawei off from its critical chip supplies and production partners. So if this new model doesn't feature US-made chips, then where do the chips come from? So um, according to Bloomberg, who did a teardown of the phone, the chips are the 7 nanometer 5G chipsets made by SMIC, uh, which is much more advanced than anybody uh, thought. SMIC is a partially state-owned Chinese semiconductor manufacturer, and it had been placed on a U.S. Defense Department blacklist in 2020. So if Huawei's new phones do indeed feature, like you say, exclusively homemade chips from China, what could this mean for the ongoing U.S.-China tech war? Yeah, that is a very good question. Uh, You know, now the U.S. lawmakers are actually saying that SMIC might have violated sanctions by selling chips to Huawei, if that is the case. I know it sounds a little bit weird because SMIC is already blacklisted and why does it have to follow U.S. export control, right? But the truth is SMIC still has to follow U.S. rules, although it's been blacklisted. That is to say, if SMIC wants to sell chips to Huawei and it and SMIC has American equipment, etc., then it needs to follow the U.S. export control rules. Our correspondent Annie and Lolly heard from sources that the chips spotted in the Mate 60 Pro are from a very early uh, batch made in small volumes. 
also, I want to add that um, the U.S. government is actually saying that it's looking into the precise composition of the processor in Huawei's new phone. So let's see how much more details you know will be coming out. Also, Jeffrey's analyst Edison Lee said in a note that if the seven nanometer chipset are in mass production, Apple's market share in China could be hurt. Actually. Okay, so the US-China chip battle is definitely still going strong. But now to move over to South Korea and one of Huawei's biggest competitors, Samsung, which has been having less luck with its smartphones recently, right? According to a bonus feature by our correspondents Jay Wong and Liam, Vietnam is facing growth challenges as Samsung's smartphone business is suffering a slump and other Korean companies are also cutting the investment in the country. Uh, you know, Vietnam is a key manufacturing and export base for Samsung because of the country's lower wages and costs, and also because of its political stability and educated workforce. So in that sense, Samsung contributes significantly to Vietnam's GDP growth. However, as the global demand is slowing down, South Korea's overall foreign direct investment in Vietnam plunged around 68% on the year in the first five months of this year. Meanwhile, Vietnam also recorded a 23% year-over-year decline in smartphone exports in the first quarter. And analysts think that Samsung has made up the majority of the dip. Wow, so it's not sounding good. What's behind all of these gloomy statistics? Yeah, one of the main reasons which I have briefly mentioned is the slowdown in China, which is hurting export-oriented economies elsewhere in Asia. Uh, let's take South Korea as an example. Uh, South Korea's chip shipment tumbled 31% in July from the previous months, while exports of electronic components dropped around 20 uh, 3% as a result of the slowdown in China. Another reason is that Vietnam joined more than 130 other governments to battle against a so-called race to the bottom, in which countries have been competing for luring investors through lower tax rates. The agreement facilitated by Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development was set a minimum corporate tax rate of 15%. So companies are lobbying for more incentives as a result. Right. And do experts foresee any way out of this downturn in Vietnam and in smartphone production for Samsung? Yeah, actually, uh, analysts say Samsung's Vietnam business may continue to experience a downturn for a couple more quarters due to its smartphone struggles. So they think that to boost the Samsung smartphone production operation in Vietnam, the company needs to cut its inventory and have more demand. Also, a former South Korean trade minister told our correspondent Jae Won that if, if South Korean companies like Samsung can offer uh, technology education to Vietnamese companies, it will help both Vietnam and South Korean companies. Other experts are saying that, you know, uh, nurturing Vietnamese workers will be a win-win uh, situation for both Samsung and Vietnam. Right. OK, well, we've covered a lot of ground today, Sissy. Thank you so much for giving us that rundown. Just before we go, are there any other tech-related stories that you'd like to recommend this week? Yeah, um, maybe a story by myself. Um, I will say it very briefly. So the story is about China's AI. 
as you may be aware of, several big Chinese tech companies, including Baidu and ByteDance, have recently launched their own chatbots to the public, which are based on their own large language models uh, after winning approvals from authorities. And that means the next step for them is to launch a very competitive application, which is actually also facing a lot of regulatory and structural obstacles in China. Yeah, I've really enjoyed your coverage of China's AI race so far, and I'd also really recommend everybody to check out your latest story. Okay, well, thank you so much, Sissy, and I really hope that you come back on again soon. Thank you, Alice. That's all for this episode. You can read more of Sissy's reporting, along with a host of other stories about Asia's tech industry, on Nikkei Asia's website, asia.nikkei.com. And if you like what you hear, why not subscribe to our weekly Tech Asia newsletter, which will be delivered to your inbox every Thursday. There's a link to sign up in the show notes. And check back in next time for more updates on the tech trends that matter.